Uh, we are in the, the, the middle of uh, a service, uh, a series entitled uh, The New Commandment, Living the New Commandment. And that new commandment is to love one another. Jesus says, I, I give you a new commandment to love one another. Love one another as I have loved you. So too should you love one another. And we've been talking about how that looks over the past many weeks. Is you know How do we love one another? What does that mean to actually love one another? in the way that Christ loved us. And today we're going to, going to talk about service in that regards. But before I do that, on November 23rd, the Thanksgiving Day Service Project, we do this. Uh, we did this last year where we took time to not worship, but to not worship in the traditional sense, but worship through service. And we will do that again this year. We will meet at the Foundry at 930. The Foundry is located at 2720 McCullough. Um, well, we don't have a map, so it doesn't matter. Uh, 2720 McCullough, that's our coffee shop that we have opened. And, and what we'll do, and we, New Heights will not be meeting here. We'll be meeting there at 930. And I know you're all 11 o'clock people. It's okay. You can get up a little earlier. It's not going to kill you to get there at 930. We'll have coffee. Um, there you go. Look at that. 2720 McCullough. We will have coffee there because it is indeed, as you've heard, a coffee shop. Um, and then we will go walk down to the respite center. And the respite center, for those of you that don't know what it is, is as the name implies, a place of rest. Um, but it is for uh, children to go, uh, children with special needs, to give their parents rest. And that is something that's very dear to the heart of uh, Jenna and myself, as we are parents of a daughter with special needs. Every parent needs a break, but um, people who raise children with special needs even more so, and a lot of times are less likely to get it. So this is a place where you can take your child and know that they will be medically cared for, they will be uh, emotionally and spiritually and, and all things taken care of. And so you can rest easy and have a respite um, from the, um, the day-to-day life that you are in. So what we are doing is we're going to go down there and we're going to help them. We are going to walk. It's just down the street from the coffee shop. We're going to walk down there and, and do some manual stuff, some painting, some cleaning, some building. But also we will be doing a fun family fun festival there. Uh, we'll be putting on a little festival for the kids that will be there. There will be, I think, around 30 kids, as well as their staff of about 20-something. So just going down there and loving on them and supporting them and and playing games with them and stuff like that. So if you're a family and you want to serve together, that is an excellent opportunity to do so, to take your kids down there. Or the children's ministry on that day will also be doing something here on campus. So you can go. We encourage you to go with your kids, whatever age they are, unless you have, like, you know, some youth and some children. Pick one who you love better, whatever, and go that way. Um, and serve with them. On campus, what will be happening is the sanctuary will be having a service, but it will be very short. And then they will be coming down into this room, which will be transformed into uh, a gift wrapping center, essentially. Um, And all these different toys and things uh, will be wrapped and sent to the Frank uh, Garrett Center, where uh, every Thanksgiving they have a huge Thanksgiving meal for those that can't have one for themselves, and they will be giving out those toys to those children as well as other places around the community. So there are all, t- all kinds of things you can do on this Sunday, November 23rd. If you want to come to the Foundry, great. If you want to stay here, great as well. Um, we just encourage you to get involved and do something on that day. And you can see Carrie Spielhagen, our missions coordinator. She's walking around. looks like she stole a pumpkin underneath her shirt. Um, she's about to have a baby. And uh, so if you see her, you go, oh, well, that's what he's talking about. It's like a $10 pumpkin if you're judging by the size out there. Um, So just ask her, or you can come talk to me after the service as well. Um, And and today we are talking about uh, loving one another through the new commandment, but doing that through service. If you have your Bibles, open up to Galatians chapter 5. Galatians chapter 5, it's in the New Testament. Remember, God eats pizza cold. 
Nobody? God eats food. Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians. Come on. God eats food the cold. It's, it starts off that little thing there. Um, there you go. Uh, Galatians chapter 5, verse 1. Never forget it, will you? So Christ has really set us free. Now make sure that, that you stay free and don't get tied up again in slavery to the law. Listen, he says, I, Paul, tell you this. If you're counting on circumcision to make you right with God, then Christ cannot help you. I'll say it again. If you're trying to find favor with God by being circumcised, you must obey all the regulations in the whole law of Moses. For if you're trying to make yourself right with God by keeping the law, you have been cut off from Christ. You have fallen away from God's grace. But we who live by the Spirit eagerly wait to receive everything promised to us who are right with God through faith. For when we place our faith in Christ Jesus, it makes no difference to God whether we are circumcised or not circumcised. What is important is faith expressing itself in love. What is important, he says, is faith expressing itself in love. Skip to verse 13. For you have been called to live in freedom, not freedom to satisfy your sinful nature, but freedom to serve one another in love. For the whole law can be summed up in this one command, love your neighbor as yourself but if instead of showing love among yourselves you're always biting and devouring one another watch out beware of destroying each other here's what's going on paul was a church planner essentially he went around different places and he started churches he took the message of christ all around would start a church would get the leaders there going would get them set up would get them on fire and then he'd go and he'd do it somewhere else His job wasn't to stay. His job was to go. And so he would do this, and he did this in the city of Galatia, but something went wrong. People started talking about the law. They started talking about following the the laws of Moses, and there became a big debate, obviously, about circumcision. To be or not to be circumcised, that is the question. Paul's like, no, it's not the question. Legalism, essentially, is where the people of Galatia went. They fell into this track of legalism, believing that in order to find peace with God, in order to find favor with God, we have to do this and then 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 this. And Paul's like, if you want to go down that walk, fine, go through it all the way with Moses. All 260 something laws, fine. That's how you want to do it? Good. But then what's the cross for? And what did Jesus die for? Then what is his grace for? Then what is the blood for? You're taking away all of that if you think that the law is going to save you. Jesus died so that we may have freedom from that law. And so that we could have freedom to serve. What does he say? Express your faith through love. Express your faith through love. Express the fact that you love Jesus Christ by loving one another. All the laws, he says, can be summed up this way. Love one another as yourself. Serve. You have the freedom to serve, the freedom to go out and to be Jesus Christ to all, being his hands and being his feet. So serve. Serve, he says. John Wesley uh, is the founder of the Methodist Church. Kind of, sort of. He really didn't ever want it to happen. He was an Episcopal priest, for those of you who don't know, um, and he was a little man. He was, you know, like this tall, uh, accounts are, and he was not a very attractive man, Um, but he was fiery and he loved jesus christ and he loved the episcopal church but he felt like they would been they'd been going the wrong way and they kind of had fallen into just death 
really. He's like, you're not doing anything. There's no life. There's no Jesus. And so he started this movement called Methodism. And essentially what it was is being methodical about, about your life with Christ. And he got accused of legalism, but it, he wasn't really legalistic. But one of his biggest passions and one of the biggest concerns he had for this world was serving others. That was his heart, was to serve each other, was to serve those who couldn't serve themselves, was to be the hands and feet of Christ to the world. He was passionate and fiery about this. David Meninsky, our senior pastor, just got back from a trip to Israel and Turkey. And while he was there, one of their, uh, their guides, uh, their drivers, um, started asking questions about John Wesley, which is kind of, you know, random and odd for somebody, a Muslim, um, in Israel to be asking questions about J-Dub, as we call him. Um, and, and so the, the guy, Ray Vanderlyn, who's leading the trip, is a, a, a Calvinist, and he's like, well, I don't know anything about Wesley, and, you know, go talk to Meniski. And so he sends him over to David, and David starts talking to him. And turns out that this guy was, um, had been a three-star general in the uh, Israeli army, very high up, uh, very well educated, had been many times to America, uh, but had had a dream recently about John Wesley. In fact, it was a dream where John Wesley appeared to him. And he knows that it was John Wesley because in the dream, the guy goes, hi, I'm John Wesley. <laughs> I proved this dream. Um, and, and he said, he said basically, basically this, if you want to know God more, serve others. And David goes, yeah, that was John Wesley. If you want to know God more, serve others. That is completely along the lines of what John Wesley would have said. If you want to know God more, if you want to be closer to God, yes, spend time in the Word, be in small groups, serve others. Wesley made a lot of money in his life through all of his writings. He was a very prolific writer. He wrote many, many things. He wrote many hymns. He and his brother Charles used to sit in pubs and uh, write hymns. And, and most of the hymns that are in um, our hymnal today from Charles or the, the Wesley brothers, mo- mostly Charles, a, a lot of them are written to the tunes of old pub songs, um, which I love and find just ironically wonderful. Um, but, but he made a lot of money because of that, but he died penniless. Not because he was in a bad 401k, but because he gave it all away. You know, as fast as he, he took money in, he, he quickly gave it back and would build shelters and centers for people to come and get help. And his heart was about service. His heart was about being in the community. And, you know, I think that's what he really wants for the Methodist Church today. And in truth, that's kind of what the Methodist Church is known for. We have this United Methodist Committee on Relief, UMCOR, that is this huge global organization that if there is a disaster, we are there. When Hurricanes Katrina and Rita came through uh, a few years ago through the uh, Gulf Coast, I know you know of what I speak, um, there was a big cleanup effort to be done and a big logistical nightmare. The Red Cross came to UMCOR and said, we need your help to show us how to do this. That says a lot, doesn't it? The Red Cross came to UMCOR and said, y'all take the lead on this because you're so well organized and you were, they were, we were the first ones there. So that movement has carried through the Methodist church. But is it in our individual lives? Does that heart, does the heart of John Wesley reside deep inside each one of us? Does that heart of Paul who says, serve one another, express your faith in love and do so by serving one another. That heart of Jesus Christ who, 
who said, I came here not to be served, but to serve. Does that heart dwell inside each one of us, the believers of Christ? It should. That's what he called us to do. To love one another. And in so doing, you're serving one another. Now, now you can do it. We, we have a very generous congregation here. And, and we're very giving. And when there is a need and we call out for a need, we get checks and we get money. And that is wonderful and blessed. We are, live in a blessed community. And because of that, we, we get that. And that's wonderful and great. And what Bob said earlier, which is just a great thing. He said, uh, if you were here, I know y'all are New Heights people, so you weren't. Um, you know, he wrote a letter to his children telling them where he was giving money and why. You know, they always say, you can tell where a man's heart truly lies if you look at his checkbook. The young people are like, what's a checkbook? If you look at his online bank account. <laughs> you can tell what's really important to someone as to where they spend their money, where they send their money, where they give their money. Second thing is just taking time to serve. One of the things that I heard David say this morning was talking about making time to actually serve because you can have the best heart in the world and the best intentions in the world and say, oh man, I, I want to serve. I have people come up to me all the time saying, I want to volunteer at the coffee shop. And I'm like, great, great. And then you, we never hear from them again. It's not because you don't really mean it, because you truly do. I really do want to serve. I really want to take that time. But then life gets in the way. I was speaking with a mom the other day, and, and her kid is in uh, strings. He is taking private guitar lessons. He has a private coach for his team. He's on a team, and then he has Boy Scouts. I was like, the guy has more things going on than I do, and he's a freshman in high school. He's always busy, and she's always running him around, taking him to different things, and that's one of three kids she has. Where do you find the time? She's like, I don't. If you truly want to serve and if you want to get into this mode of serving, you have to set aside time and say, this time is for me to go serve. Somebody calls you up, hey, Bob, you want to have lunch? Uh, yeah, I really do, but you know what? Why don't you come have lunch with me down at this place where I'm going to serve? Set aside time and make that time special or you'll never do it. But truly the heart of it is, if you don't grasp hold of this, if you don't make this a part of who you are, then it's not going to happen at all anyway. If you don't grasp hold of what Paul is saying here, expressing your faith in love, experiencing the freedom of Christ by serving others, making this a part of who you are in your everyday life, then it's not going to happen. Because, I mean, seriously, when I talk about serving others, what, what do you immediately think of? You think of the poor and the needy, Right? Pretty much you're thinking of the poor and the needy. And you think of what? Blood and fire. Going down 10 minutes downtown and, and going into neighborhoods that don't look anything like our own. And praying for them and doing things down there. Or, or you think of the Hope Center right back here and, and being, uh, being there for the poor and the needy. Or you think of Piedras Negras, our mission trips, going down to Mexico and work, working with orphanages and spending time there. And, and that's right. You should think of those things. That is serving, by, by going to Mexico and, and being the hands and feet of Jesus down to, to those orphans. It is being the hands and feet of Jesus by, by going downtown with blood and fire and knocking on doors and bringing food and, and doing those things. Or sitting in the Hope Center and, and letting people come in and, and tell their problems and helping work through it with them. 
But you know when they say poor and needy, it's not just what we think of as poor and needy. All of us at some time in our life are poor and needy. All of us at some time in our life need to experience the love of Christ through someone else. If we truly grasp hold of this message of Paul, that we are to live our lives through service, then we will start serving. See, because we live in Alamo Heights, and yet there are poor and needy all around us. There are people who are going through the darkest of days right now and need more than anything for you to reach out the hand of Christ to them. To feel the love of Jesus. The last two weeks have been kind of a tough one for our high school community. You may not know this, but we had three high school kids die over the past uh, two weeks. Actually, it was in a few-day period, really. Not all of them went to Heights. One went to Alamo Heights, one went to St. Mary's, and one went to Central Catholic. But a lot of kids knew all three of them. And it was tough. It still is. It brings to the mind a lot of questions in these kids' minds. I went Wednesday and spoke to this group uh, at lunch, and they had their biggest group ever. Not because they heard I was coming to talk, so I like to tell myself, but because of what was going on. And they just need to be loved. And they need to hear that God loves them. And so they came in and, and they listened to whatever I said. People need at all times to be loved by Jesus Christ. People need to be served by God. When we begin to take that upon ourselves to see each person as a child of God, then serving each person we see doesn't seem to be that big of a deal. You know, I love that story when Christ is talking and he says, you know, I was hungry and you didn't feed me. I was cold and you didn't give me a coat. And they're like, whoa, wait a minute. When did we ever see you? He's like, any time someone came to you and was hungry, any time someone came to you and was cold and you didn't do that, that was me. Any time someone comes to you and they are hungry or they are cold or they are in need or they are poor, whatever it is, any time you reach out in the loving arms of Jesus Christ, you are reaching out to God. You're reaching out to God. You know, there was a time, I, I told you about this, that I, I went to a Valero over on Austin Highway, and it was at night, and I think Jenna wanted some Cokes, and so, you know, being the loving husband that I am, I said, anything for you, my darling wife. And I jump in my truck, and I head off to Valero to get some Cokes. And I pull in, and, and it's dark, um, and I see this young girl sitting underneath the payphone and she was just sobbing in tears and I get out of my truck and I look at her and I kind of just walk away and I walk inside of the store I go and I get my little 12 pack of coke I pay for it I come back out she's still sitting there she's still sobbing she's still in tears and I still look at her and then I get in the truck and I just knew God was going get out of the truck so I got out of the truck and I walked over to this young girl and I said are you okay Stupid question, didn't it? <laughs> Are you okay? <laughs> yes. I just won the lottery. Could have been that, but you're only 14. Um, and she said, yes, I, you know, I'm fine. I said, do you need any help? She said, no. And so I started to walk away. I said, Are you sure? She said, no. 
Like, no, I don't need help. So I get back in my truck and I drove away. And I knew I missed an opportunity there. I knew I missed where God was working. And, and you could say, well, you got out of the truck and you asked her and she said, no, that's all you can do. But think about the situation from her standpoint, which I didn't do until much later. She's a teenager. It's dark. She's sitting at a Valero underneath a payphone on Austin Highway. The six foot two, 240 guy comes up to her. Can I help you, little girl? I didn't see it through those eyes. I didn't walk up to her going, hey, I'm a pastor at Alma Heights Methodist Church. I used to work with kids. I have a daughter. I love kids. How can I help you? I I just want to be here for you. If you need some money, you know, we need to make a call. We'll make a call. You need to go somewhere. We'll take you somewhere. What's going on? You know, and maybe I didn't. Maybe she just broke up with her boyfriend and, you know, teenage girls can be drama queens. (laughs) Maybe something was going, maybe she just had a fight with her mom and dad and she lives right across the street and she just walked over there for a second to get away from it. Maybe she did just win a lot of money and sitting there and can't believe it. Didn't want me to take it. Have you given to your church? But maybe I did miss something. Maybe I did miss something because God really put it on my heart to do something. And maybe I did miss a moment where I could have been Jesus. If we begin to live our lives to the aspect that we are always serving, that our life is about service, our, we will be much more aware of those moments. We will be much more aware of the time that somebody comes into our office and you know that they're not right, but you have things to do. And you got tasks to get done. And you have emails to return and phone calls to make. Maybe if we begin to listen to these words of Paul and to John Wesley and to Jesus Christ and know that our life here is about serving others, that if we want to really experience the freedom of God, that if we really want to know God, we would begin to live our life in such a way that we are constantly serving, constantly serving, constantly serving. And that doesn't mean always going to every mission trip that we offer and always going downtown and always doing these things, but living your life in such a way that you are constantly expressing the love of Christ. I think that's truly what service is about, is always being the hands and feet of Jesus Christ. Let's begin today. Let's pray. Gracious and Heavenly Father, we thank you and praise you for the life that you have given us, for the freedom that you have given us through your Son, Jesus Christ, through his death and his resurrection, God, you have given us freedom and eternal life. Lord, help us to see the way he lived his life and begin to take that upon ourselves to do the same. As we search our hearts to be more like you, Father, help us to see you more. Help us, Lord, as we, as we begin to take this service to heart as we begin to take this new lifestyle into our lives let us know you more let us see you more closely and let us be the hands and feet of jesus to the world in his name amen